You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy that you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the health and fitness world has been pretty all over the place. So no matter where you are within your fitness journey, I can probably relate to it on some level. I know that fitness is for you and that you have a valued place in this world. I've had my fair share of ups and downs, insecurities, and honestly feeling like an outcast from exercise and fitness. Little did I know that I'd actually become a leader within this space and help women from all walks of life gain confidence, find freedom and understanding, and feel at home within the fitness world. In this podcast, my goal is to help you fall in love with exercise, become amazed by yourself, create healthy lifestyle changes, and break down that confusing gym and lifting stuff so that you can feel welcome and at home within the fitness world. Everyone is welcome here. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm really excited for this episode. It's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it had continued to pop into my head, and then I would forget about it, but it's actually a really important topic, and I don't think it's well understood, and I think if it is, then a lot of women would understand why so many, why there's so many conflicting ideas about weightlifting, like, oh, one trainer says to do this, one trainer says to do that, and well, regardless, even after you know this, there's still going to be some conflict there. When you understand the different types of weightlifting, this will give you a lot of clarity as to like, oh, that's why that person might have said that. So basically, there is weightlifting as its thing, but there are many different schools of weightlifting, three primary ones. So in this episode, I'm going to go through... I'm not sure if you can hear Lemon's toy. She's playing right now. I'm going to go through each school of weightlifting. So the three primary kinds and basically explain what they are, what they look like, look like, what they don't look like, um, and then explain what I do. Um, yeah, because you might find that interesting. So with each of these, I'm going to put some links in the show notes that so you can kind of get a visual of what they look like because I could say like oh it looks like a back squat oh it looks like a clean or whatever and you might be like okay what is that Estelle like so I'm gonna put some links probably just find some videos on YouTube of people competing um within these types of weightlifting so you can get an idea of how they vary um and yeah and that'll give you a better idea let's take a moment to hear about one of my favorite products perfect supplements. Now more than ever before, it's so important to get your supplements from a high quality and trusted source. Perfect Supplements searches the globe for the best place to source their ingredients from, and then each batch is put through a rigorous third-party lab testing to make sure their products are clean and safe. They have some of the best prices I've found, and what's even better is when you buy in bulk, you save even more. Buy three of anything, save 20%. Buy six of anything, save 25%. And even better, use the code Estelle, that's my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, at checkout for an additional 10% off that already massive savings. Okay, back to the episode. So the first kind of lifting that I want to talk about is powerlifting. Powerlifting competitions usually include things like 
back squat, deadlift, bench press. So, like those are the probably the primary lifts. Um, but powerlifting competitors or people who just perform powerlifting as uh, something for fun, they also might do things like bent over rows, um, overhead press, basically the big primary movements that I talk about a lot, like those primary movement patterns. That's the stuff that they practice. But here's the difference. Powerlifters train to focus on low rep sets. So that means like three to five repetitions, like maximum, like they're not going to be doing eight reps. They're not going to be doing 10 reps, like very, very low reps, because when they go to compete, they're competing for one RMs, one rep max. So how much weight can they lift one time? So usually targeting one to five movements per set. So one to five reps. And because the weight is so heavy, and I've talked about this in past episodes, when you perform strength training, like when you're training to get really, really strong, you have to rest that long. So when you see the guys at the gym, like resting five minutes in between sets, they're not being lazy. They're not hogging the machine. They have to rest that long in order to lift that much weight again. That's how powerlifting works. And that's how strength training works as well. So the difference here is that strength and endurance, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. So if you only practice powerlifting, you're not training for endurance. You're training for strength. I know it sounds confusing because it's power. (laughs) Power indicates there's a little bit more speed to it. Powerlifters may actually lift more slowly because the weight is so heavy. But yeah, that's kind of the gist of powerlifting. Now, you might see them training other things, maybe like Romanian deadlifts, rows, Bulgarian split squats. And while those things might not be focused on in a competition, they still use those for strength as well. So with powerlifting, you are focusing on getting really, really strong, which prioritizes a type two muscle fiber. And these people are not worried about like, oh, like, does this muscle pop? Or it's not an appearance thing at all. They're not worried about weight. They're not worried about fat mass. Typically, powerlifters are on the heavier end. And this should say to you, you want to get strong, you need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat a lot of food to get strong because to be able to support a body that does that, you have to eat more. You're not going to see these people doing bicep curls, lateral raises, crunches, high repetitions, or going from one exercise straight into another. So yes, they're lifting heavy, but they're still like, you can't do five bench press and then five deadlift back to back. You have to do five bench press maximum rest five minutes, bench press, rest five minutes, bench press, rest five minutes. That's how this type of lifting works. Okay. So that's powerlifting. Like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes to kind of explain that a little bit more. Um, From here, let's talk about Olympic lifting. Olympic lifting is super, super cool. It is actually kind of like an off spurt of powerlifting, but Olympic lifting focuses on different sets of movements from tri- like powerlifting, like they might combine two movements together. Um, it's often much more dynamic. And so let's think, I'm trying to think of one of their movements, like a clean, for example, a clean is like a combination of a deadlift and an overhead press, something like that. Or they do a lot of overhead squats, which I can't remember what they're called right now. 
Oh, they do something called thrusters. So that's like a front squat into an overhead press. So when you're doing these sorts of movements, um, you're going to be more athletic. So you're going to have more power combined with that strength. And you have to focus a lot more on technique because you're doing multiple things at one time. You have to think about a lot of little things in one movement. So you're going to have to be more stable and you're going to have to be more mobile too. So that's what I really like about um, Olympic lifting is that it you have to be mobile in order to prioritize these sorts of movements. So while you do need a measure of mobility with powerlifting, you need even more with Olympic lifting, which I really, really like. So you'll see Olympic lifters doing stuff like that. Um, they're also not going to be doing a lot of isolation work. Like I mentioned with the power lifters, like bicep curls, lateral raises, they're not worried about like six pack, six packs, abs, that kind of thing. And it's not really like cardio focused either, neither power lifting or Olympic lifting. They're not going to be, it's just not a cardio thing. So there you go. That is the power lifting. That is the Olympic lifting. Um, I'll again, I'll put link for the Olympic lifting in the show notes so you can kind of visualize what that looks like. Now, let's talk about bodybuilding. So, bodybuilding is super different from the others. Um, it this is the kind of thing where people train for aesthetics, they're not training to get strong, they're not training to endure. It's not about performance, it is about the way you look. So, like in bodybuilding competitions, people are judged on the muscle size, but also symmetry and definition. So, like symmetry is a thing. So, like is <laughs> is your right shoulder like symmetrical with your left shoulder? So it's it's that technical. So you really have to like perfect your like aesthetic routine if you want to be a professional bodybuilder. Um, this is not a healthy sport. I've talked about it a lot. I'm gonna um link in the show notes the episode I did with Megan, um, because we talk about what a disordered sport this is. Um, it, it's just like not healthy in any way I can possibly imagine. Bodybuilders, they do things like cutting and bulking. So even if people like cut and bulk or like fat gain phase, fat loss phase. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but this comes from bodybuilding and they focus on building muscle and then cutting fat. So you're either doing one or the other. So even though bodybuilders, they might use similar pieces of equipment to Olympic and powerlifters um, and practice some of the same movements, they're going to do them in a different way and they're going to include other equipment as well. So they might use like more dumbbells, more machines, um, cables, a lot of home gym stuff. And the goal of bodybuilding, like I said, it's not strength, but it's actually to build muscle mass. So this is interesting. Muscle mass and strength are not the same thing. You can train a muscle to become more dense, strong. So that's correlated with strength. And you can train a muscle to become more bulky, which would be hypertrophy and growth. Um, and this also happens more so during endurance forms of training as well. So bodybuilders aren't training to get stronger, to like to, to improve their one rep max, their one RMs. They're really focused on isolating um, and like changing the shape of a muscle, like a specific muscle sometimes, not even just like a muscle group. Of course, they want to change the muscle group as well, but it could come down to like, you know, you have three muscles in your like in your delts, like deltoids. There's like the um the front one, the middle one, and the back one. Like, yes, you can train all of those within um within a movement, but you can also 
isolate one of those. So that's the kind of stuff that bodybuilders are known to do. Um, and their workouts are typically longer sets and shorter rest periods. And certain times within bodybuilding, they also include cardio as well to reduce body fat more so like if they're in a cut or something. So you won't see them lifting really heavy weight. Uh, they do the way they perform movements is to keep tension on a muscle throughout the whole range of motion. So for example, I'm going to give an, I'm going to give, um, yeah, I'm just going to give an example here. So let's say you're doing step-ups. Um, if you don't have the strength to do so, you're going to have to use momentum from one of your legs to get up onto the box, right? So one leg is up on the box one leg is extended down. If you don't have the strength, that leg that's up on the box isn't going to be able to press you up. So you're going to have to use the extended leg, the one down on the floor to press you up. Or let's say you're just fatiguing, you get really, really tired and you don't have the strength anymore because you're really tired. You're going to have to use that extended leg to press you up on the box. That's not necessarily wrong, but that is not what a bodybuilder would do. A bodybuilder would choose the appropriate um, height so that they don't have to use any um, any of that bottom leg. They want to keep the tension in that leg that is on the that is on the box. And when they when they go up in like say stand up onto the box, there's a point where you're standing where your leg isn't engaged so much. They're going to pause before that disengagement happens and then they're going to return. So they're going to stay within a range where it is fully fully engaged. You can also think about this with uh bicep curls. So you could like even if you um you could even practice this with body weight So if you're listening to this and you're in a position to do so, extend your arm down by your side, like you're new to bicep curl, raise your hand to your shoulder, like keeping your elbow at your side, like isolating your elbow, like keeping it glued to your side. And then when you release your your hand back down, you're going to feel like there's a point where your elbow um, extends so far that like your bicep is not engaged anymore. And so actually, if you keep your elbow bent a little bit, you're going to keep the engagement within your bicep. If you fully extend it, you lose that engagement. So neither one is wrong. They are both different. They do different things. But a bodybuilder focuses on keeping the tension within that muscle. They also do things to search for a pump. You may have heard of a pump before. Um, And this is essentially... um, a technique within exercise that rushes more blood to a certain muscle to make it look bigger and fuller. So sometimes they might do this pre-competition. They also do this within their workouts. A lot of people, you can feel it. Like when you have a pump in your muscle, you can feel that it's like bigger and you just feel it. (laughs) It feels almost like kind of swollen, not in a sore way, but you can just feel that there's more blood in that area, like increased circulation. So that's the pump that they use to enhance the size of a muscle. But the difference is that that enhancement is short-term. It is not long-term. So now that I've given you a breakdown on powerlifting, Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, I want to talk about what I do. So I don't really subscribe to like any singular form of weightlifting. I kind of teach my own variation slash combination of these because I think that they all have their pros and cons. It's important to train all the primary movements like I talked about within the um, powerlifting, but we also don't want to do just low rep and long rest time. We really want 
a mix in there. Um, and it's important to also have some isolation work in there, like the bodybuilders use, because when used appropriately, it can play a role in injury prevention. And I don't teach so much Olympic lifting movements as they require a lot more technique. And I am 100% virtual, but I do employ other modalities of theirs, such as using more power when appropriate for a client and always prioritizing range of motion. There are pros and cons to each school of lifting. And if you subscribe to only one way, you are going to lack in some area. So we need a mix to be well-rounded. Now, if you want to get started with my style of weightlifting, you can join my membership. I'm going to put everything you need to know about it in the show notes. You get four to five workouts a week with five to six week splits. So I was talking to someone this morning about what a split is. She's probably listening to this right now. <laughs> I was talking about what a what a split is. So that's when you end a phase and you begin a new phase. And the second and the next phase is like a level up of the previous phase. So that means every five to six weeks you get slightly different workouts. They're not totally, totally brand new, but they're slightly different. They're like a level up of your previous version. You still have four to five. You also get 10 educational video modules so that you can learn about form, technique nutrition, habits, all that kind of stuff, because I want you to be able to spread your wings and fly one day and not be tied to me for your whole life. We also have a group chat, so you have access to me, the other members in the group, and we have monthly group calls that include coaching and Q&A. So like I said, all the information for that is in the show notes. If you want to win a free coaching call with me and you like this, this podcast, leave a review of it and you'll be entered to win a call with me next month. Talk to you guys next week. I'm so glad you were able to catch this episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I hope that it helped bring more clarity to your life within the health and fitness world and that in turn empowers you to keep moving forward. I don't believe we will ever have the answers to everything, but we can continue to learn and keep an open mind. If there's a topic you'd like to learn more about, please email me using the link in the show notes. If you'd like to explore different ways to work together, check out my website at estellecfitness.com. That's Estelle, my name, the letter C for my middle name, and the word fitness.com. If you want to get to know me better, I highly suggest following me on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. I'd love it if you sent me a DM to connect, or if you just want to stalk me on there, that's fine too. Until next time, friend, have a lovely day.